Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I am Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. Today, the prophecy is from September 18, 2022, so it would be almost a month old, and I have been making reference to this prophecy for quite a while. The title of the prophecy is Settle the Accounts of Men. And the reason I've been referring to this prophecy in recent in recent weeks is twofold. It's because one of them, it's dealing with a very serious topic that, to be honest, it's not touched on enough in church. In church, we get an extremely unbalanced presentation of the gospel. It always seems to focus on the victory, victory, victory. And as a result, it produces one-sided expectations in people because it's not focusing on the duality of what scripture actually teaches. Scripture teaches that we serve a victorious God who will do victorious things and he shall lead a victorious people into the end times, through the end times and into his glorious kingdom. But at the same time, Scripture teaches that life will be lost because of what the end times are. So the end times are the final times. This is the time when God is bringing balance to all things. That is why the Lord gave this prophecy the name, settle the accounts of men. How do you settle the accounts of men? Well, actually you take that man and you weigh that man in the balance. What has this man done in his life? His good, his evil. God will make a final estimation about the righteousness of souls. And when the soul is found to be unrighteous, that soul will not be allowed to enter into eternal fellowship with God. And so, because these things are not touched upon in church, many Christians have this one-sided expectation. And, I, and I'll just speak on it. You know, I, I'll bring a prophecy about war, and then there'll be this weird response like, cheer up, saints. In the end, we know he's good to his church. And I'm thinking, do people actually understand what war is? And this word came from the Lord when he was bringing prophecy about how people will flee a civil war that comes here. Have you ever seen the trash people go on strike for just like two weeks, how much trash builds up in the neighborhood? And then have you ever thought to extend that for two or three years, how much trash builds up in a nation that is at war, that, that sanitation services break down, uh, the cops break down, all protective services like fire, and uh, all medic medical services break down. Do, do people really have an appreciation of, for instance, what war does to a country? How much it guts a nation when there is no food? How many people, especially those dwelling in cities, are dependent upon supply chains and trucks that roll in at night and stock their shelves neatly? And because this is such a modern country, a highly automated country, when everything that is dependent on power, that is dependent on Wi-Fi, that is dependent on computers go down, do you know how vast and empty this continent will be? when you suddenly realize how far it is to walk to your mother in Wisconsin from Chicago. Many times we don't sit and allow the word of God to percolate past our ears and past the general, oh, this is prophecy, to actually let us know what God is saying. And so this prophecy is called Settle the Accounts of Men, and quite plainly, it is dealing with the question of death, death that is never spoken about in church. It's always about David's victories and not about the devastation that David went through when Jonathan died, for instance, or when Saul died. And so God is talking about the fact that he sovereignly 
is going to rebalance this earth. This is something that the father has been saying to me for quite a time. And I said it recently in a video that I made concerning the church where God says that he is sending his wind. He said to tell the church that when you see people passing away in your midst, it is not any devil, that he, the Lord, has sent a wind. And one of the things that wind will do is it will take away the empty vessels. This is just the false Christians. But it's also people who imagine themselves to be rooted Christians, but the roots don't go down deep enough. The Lord said that he is not going to hand over members of his church with a ribbon and a bow on them to Satan. Because leaving them here to go through the trials and the tests of the end times means that those people will surely cross the party line, go over to Satan, take the mark, and cancel themselves out forever seeing his face. And so he is going to bring them home, the righteous and the unrighteous. God said he will also take sinners home. He said, the time of do-overs is over the time of let's just pray for him some more and then he'll stop being rebellious. Let's just pray for her some more and then she'll come home. God said that, um, church, when you see that that person you've been praying for dies in their sin, then you will understand that sometimes there is no coming back from the kind of sin, the kind of hard heartedness and rebellion that some people, family members, friends, those we know get into, and there is no help for those people. God himself cannot reach them or draw them back. And therefore they will receive according to Ezekiel chapter 33 and also Ezekiel chapter three and also Ezekiel chapter 18. If you are not familiar with these scriptures, because some pastor out there told you that the old Testament is irrelevant please make sure you read those three chapters, 13, 33, three of the book of Ezekiel. There is penalty for consistent unrepentant sin. And in these days, because the stakes are high, that penalty is death. The banner scripture is this, behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. Habakkuk chapter two, verses one to four. Stand upon the wall and wait for me. This is what the Lord said the day that I started writing down this prophecy. Another scripture is, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me and what I will answer when I am corrected. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. And so, I had this dream. Um, it, it has multiple parts, and so I, I labeled every part for us to clearly understand the first part of the dream is called the coming of the bridegroom. I dreamt that we were in the end times and people were doing exactly what they wanted. And then this loud cry went out and the cry was prepare. The bridegroom approacheth. He comes. The very loud cry. And people absolutely did nothing different. They stayed doing exactly what they were doing. They didn't care. They didn't look up. They didn't do anything because they actually did not hear the cry. This is for church and unchurched. Unbelievers out there will not hear the cry of the season that the bridegroom is approaching. 
Unbelievers out there will see all the things that are happening in the world today, and they will go after the functionaries of intelligence. Who are these? These are the market experts. These are the real estate experts on TV talking about, well, the market is dipping left right now, but we predict that in two more seasons, it's going to dip up and then go back to the right. And we're going to be back in utopia. It's the money people. It's the Bitcoin people. It's the news media. It's all the lying governments in whatever country you're living in at the moment. These are the lying functionaries of our time that unbelievers and even Christians listen to. And so because your ear is tuned to that, these people are utterly unaware of the season that we are in. And you can tell because when the harm that causes harm came in, people were totally following and marching to the drum of the government en masse. So the ability of people to perceive that this was deception and a lie was very, very low. Many people did this because they were offered the cheese of getting back to normal and they ate it hook, line, and sinker. So in this season that the cry went out, prepare for the bridegroom approacheth. Where is this cry from? This cry is from the story of the wise and the unwise virgins. All 10 of them fell asleep. But when the cry came that the bridegroom was coming, they woke up and only five had spare oil to trim their lamps and still be found waiting with energy, with stamina, with endurance, with expectation, with hope, even in the dark night that was upon them but the other five were completely out of oil. And then they wanted the wise five to share with them. And the wise five wisely said, no, we can't. The next part of the dream I titled the pursuit of the wicked. When the cry went out, I saw that some people went outside and they began to run. These people were running exactly the way people run in the horror movie from something that we can't see. They were running and running and running with so much fear until sweat like a river began to run on their bodies. And they were obviously in terror, but they made no sound. They could not cry out. They could not say anything. They were running in sweat and terror, but their mouths have been silenced from speaking. And I saw in, in that situation that a large dog, a big black wolf was chasing these people so close to them, so close to them. And it is this thing that they were fleeing from. Other people could not see this animal but I could see it. And I heard a voice say, the wicked flees when no one pursues. It was some kind of hound that was chasing these people, but they could not outrun it. And I saw that this dog from hell was sure to run these people down. The scripture is the wicked flee when no, the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. And this is exactly what I mentioned in the beginning, that God says that it is time that the wicked are going to pay the full price. So all of us are living a life and we are basically running up a tab. And God is saying that now this is a time where his righteous people, you that have been long, you felt that you've been long overlooked. It's been long that God would answer your prayers. It's been long that you would get the justice that you deserve. God says that the tab of the righteous, which has been kept clean, 
will be paid in full. But the wicked has also been running up a tab, getting away with this, getting away with that, hiding about, hiding this, lying about that, getting away with so much. God says that you thought you were getting away with something. He's kept the tab and now your tab is going to be paid in full. And that is what was happening. When the cry went out, I saw this next part that is called the rise of the martyrs. And I hope that the church is listening carefully. I saw that people leapt up and they began to wash their garments when they heard the cry, make way, the bridegroom approacheth. They took the very clothing that was on their body and they plunged their clothing into wine, not water. And they began to wash and wash and wash with all their strength. And it seemed for a while that the stubborn stains on the garments of those people were not coming out. But I saw that those people were persistent. They sat in just underwear, men and women washing and washing at these tubs of wine until eventually as they began to lift up their robes, these stained robes began to come out whiter and whiter and whiter until they were eventually sparking, sparkling white. The people were so happy to see that their robes had gone white that they took their robes and put those wet red robes on themselves while they were still wet so that they seemed to be covered with wine as well. They became shining white, the people and their robes, and in their red robes, they fell down dead next to their wash tubs. And this was the exit of the marchers. So to all the people who have not sat down in sobriety to soberly read Matthew 24, the people who have greatly labored in deception, who think that there is some magical elevator coming to snatch them away, before this body of Christ is both tested and purged and a certain number taken away. Let me read for you. And he opened the fifth seal and I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice saying, how long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. This is Revelation chapter 6, verses 9 to 11, and this is just basically saying that all the people who have died across history for their faith in evil seasons of persecution that have arisen on this earth, such as the time of the Middle Ages when a lot of Christians were put to death, such as the time of the Spanish Inquisition and other such um, nefarious periods of history in the Catholic Church's lifespan, many Christians have died for their faith. And the strange thing is, and I've covered it all already in previous prophecies, so I will not go into it, is that God was asking, what has possessed this modern church to make them think that their savior will die for them and that nothing will be required of them? God was asking, and it's in the prophecy because his questions are part of his dialogue with his body in this time. Why is it that people in India and China and other countries like Pakistan 
are willing to die for their faith. People in Nigeria are being bombed in their churches. They're being set on fire in their transportation by Muslims in the North who are killing them. And God says that these people do not renounce their faith. They snatch groups of schoolgirls and take them because they are Christian. Why is it God is asking that in other countries, martyrdom has been a time-honored thing from the old days? It is still happening now. We know that there are persecuted churches. We know that there are persecuted Christians. We know that people have been put in jail for interminable sentences and have died in terrible, terrible conditions. Why does the modern-day church in certain parts of the world believe that dying for faith has nothing to do with them, that Jesus has planned an escalator exit out of here and that they will be tested by nothing. This martyrdom is coming before anyone goes anywhere. This is the persecution of the church and people will lose their lives. People who will not renounce Jesus, even in the crushing of the beast system, they will stand on their faith and they will be put to death for it. The next thing I saw in this dream, it was called the overseers. When the cry went up, the bridegroom cometh, prepare. I saw that other people began to go all over the place in a very busy and um, busybody way. They, they had so much to do and they were completely occupied with correcting other people. They wanted other people to know everything that they were not doing right and that's not biblical and this and that. I saw them acting like professors and geniuses. So the louder the cry went up to prepare, these people occupied themselves with other people's business. They were people who knew. They began to debate the word of God, acting like the smartest people on earth. And God said, these are the overseers, the self-appointed ones that come to debate and scatter my words. You will always see them everywhere and by their fruit, you shall know them. And I certainly get endless visits from these people on the master's voice. They are never lacking here to add their two and a half cents to the whole dollar that God has given me for his people. These are empty bags of wind. They actually know nothing of the truth. They are the overseers, the ones who appoint themselves, the stewards of my word, even though they don't really understand it. For them, learning never comes to an end. They learn and learn, but continue to know and understand nothing. Their carcasses also will fall. Now, this is a heavy indictment for God to say that just for meddlesomeness in Christianity and being an empty bag of wind, meaning that you don't actually have a proper grasp of the scripture, and yet you can probably quote many of them, but the true application, the spirit of the letters, the spirit of the word, you lack it. You don't know how to apply the word. You don't actually know how to put the word of God together like Legos, but you're quick to quote here and quote there and correct here and quote there. And then God says, for this, your carcass will fall. Well, what that means is that Instead of you building your foundation 800 billion stories deep, which is about where we'll need it to be because the storms that are coming are at least 799.9 billion stories tough. And so if you build to 800 billion deep, when you get hit by a 799, because you have that 1% advantage, you will not fall and crash like a destroyed tree. But God says that these are ones that have the letter 
and a lot of them also legalism and the law. They are unable to coexist among Christians because the critical eye that they have is constantly pointing out everything that is wrong. And so they cannot even keep communion because they demand perfection and they are blind to the fact that there is no perfection in them to begin with. He says their carcasses will fall because their roots don't go down deep enough. And I saw indeed that a wind came and blew these people away and there was no trace of them anymore because they could not submit to the word of God, but they wanted to debate it and dispute it always. And the scripture for this part is this, but you, O Daniel, shut up the words, seal the book, even until the time of the end, many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Daniel 12 and verse four. The other scripture is this, they are always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapproved concerning the faith, but they will progress no further for their folly will be manifest to all as theirs also was. And this is 2 Timothy 3 verses 7 to 9. So there's a type of person who spends a lot of time in study, but because that study is not actually mixed in with faith. It's not mixed in with the living application of the word of God. God says that they can study from now until the new Jerusalem comes down and they will still never be able to come to the knowledge of truth. This is a kind of person in my personal experience who constantly will come here listening to these videos, but is such a critic. You check their cat, their channel. They don't even have the decency to have one or two cat videos. These are people producing exactly 0% of effectiveness in the body of Christ. They're absolutely doing nothing, but they will come to a place where the fruitful tree, the hardworking ox is laboring and constantly come with critiques and questions and nitpicking. And yet they can't stop coming here. The irony of it. The next part that I saw, please listen, was war in America. I saw people running helter-skelter as war, war came to the Americas. War came. America brought war upon her head. And because of her, her neighbors to the north and to the south began to suffer from the fallout of the magnitude of her errors. Her neighbors lamented and they cried to God. And this is what they said. Why have we come to this Lord? And the reply came down because you consented to the doctrines of the whore of Babylon. You lay down with her, Canada, Mexico, Nicaragua, Chile, Brazil, all of you down there to the bottom. You lay down with her and you accepted her policies. All of you small islands around Grenada and um, St. Lucia and Jamaica and Barbados, all of you around. It says you consented Puerto Rico. You agreed to let the whore of Babylon rule over you. And many of you have your hearts in one accord with the harlot of the revelation. Therefore, her plagues have come upon her 
And because you are connected to her in doctrine, because you love her, and because your geological landmass, meaning your physical countries are connected to her, you now feel the heat of my wrath against America, who is my enemy. I saw people running, desperate running. They ran by day, they ran by night, small children even with their parents. And yet in all the tumult and upset, I could not see where all these people were going to. This part is called the judgment of children. I saw that children were judged for their sin. I saw that against all popular beliefs and all the false doctrine that people believe, that young people and even small children have sin. They have rebellion and they have something that God called recalcitrance, which is a form of spiritual hardening. Recalcitrance is basically when you tell your child something, don't do that, and standing in front of your face, they do it. And then you correct them and you tell them, I said, don't do that. And then with you standing there watching, they do it and they are staring directly into your eyes, young child, middle child, teen. That is recalcitrance. It means a slow process of hardening. And when you hear this part, calci in the word, it literally talks of calcification, hardening. The same thing that happened to Pharaoh. The more Moses came to Pharaoh with the word of God, the more that word hardened him. This is what God says is in children. Recalcitrance, when you define it, one of its definitions is this. The state of being unmanageable. So you become hardened in your little eight-year-old, six-year-old, 19-year-old, 12-year-old heart, and you do wrong, you are bad, and you refuse to listen or receive discipline until the final state of that child is that there is a hard inner core that their parents never work to get rid of. And a lot of parents today, because you're on your phones and your tablets and on Ashley Madison with your girlfriend or Facebook with Chad, your ex-boyfriend that your husband doesn't know, or because you are busy, or because you are overworked, or because there's sickness in your family, or because you have too many responsibilities and it's unfair. These are the states of life, by the way, that truly exist. You do not pay attention to these children. And when they start this pushback that actually is a demonic root that gets into all children very early. And it is the job of parents to work this root out of their child. You get your child, your child is pretty on the outside, but on the inside, because we are born in iniquity, conceived in sin, your precious golden child is full of weeds. And it's your job to weed that child so that you get a good young man, young woman in the future. Most parents are too busy, neglectful, tired, or just frustrated because of modern life and they don't do this. So God says that inner seed, that inner core of rebellion is never worked out of the children by their parents. And he says that parents are determined to be their children's friend instead of their children's parents. But here's the end of what I saw in this dream. I saw that the grim reaper, that is the spirit of death, entered the nation's and parents began to learn the bitter lesson that children indeed have sin and that all sin 
even the sin of children will be judged by God. I saw funerals. I saw many, many funerals, and some of the coffins were so tiny as parents received the penalty of error in the body. The child was struck in judgment of the Lord, but it was the parent that bore that tearing and piercing of the loins as they bowed in grief, and I saw them burying their children. God said to tell you that he will judge children with their own judgment the same way he judges adults with their own judgment. Now I cried out to the Lord when I saw this. I said, Lord, and this is something I do very often. I do not speak of this, but now that I'm finishing this work, there are people who have no idea of the time, the effort, and the prayers that I have poured into the foundation of this nation. And the Lord has begun telling me for the past few years, you waste your prayers. I do not say to you to pray for this people. And that is the same charge he gave to Jeremiah. Do not pray for them. You do not know the extent of the iniquity in them. And so when I saw the children being judged, just like Ezekiel fell to his knees when Pelatia was killed, God struck this man called Pelatia right in the house of the elders, one of the church. And at that time, Ezekiel, he fell to his knees and he said, ah, Lord God, but will there remain any alive in Israel? I cried to the Lord when I saw this, but a screen went up. The Lord put up a screen between me and him. He was no longer hearing me. He was busy settling accounts. And I saw that golden books were revolving in the air. Nobody was touching them. Golden ledgers. They were making checks and balances. And what they were working with was not money. They were working with human souls. Bright gold ledger balancing itself. Plus, minus, plus, minus. I saw that the number of men on earth was being adjusted to a very, very, very low number. And I remembered the word of Isaiah 13. A man shall become rare. A man shall be more rare and harder to find than the fine gold of Ophir. I was still and I cried, but the Lord did not hear me. There was a gray screen. I call it the paralyzing screen between us our world and him. And I realize that this is what happens when you do not have an option anymore. And we all know the paralyzing screen. You're online and you're trying to fill a form. You fill the form, fill the form, fill the form, but you might have missed something. When you get to the end and you want to click next or you want to click done, the option is grayed out. Why? Because you have not completed everything. You have to go back and see what you missed. When you make it perfect, the button turns blue and then you can click and send the form. Well, God grayed out that, that option to keep begging for people, to keep begging. God have mercy because I can see they still don't understand. God have mercy because when I'm bringing the prophecy, instead of them listening to the prophecy, they're asking me about my personal life. God have mercy because instead of people focusing on what you say will come, they're saying, well, is it gonna be this that happens to us and this that happens to us, showing that they have no apprehension that in the end times, six 
or 10 things can happen to one person at the same time. This same person can be judged with six judgments for six different sins. And America has far more than six sins. The scripture for this portion is this, ask for you, do not pray for these people. Do not raise up a cry or a prayer on their behalf, for I will not be listening when they call out to me in the time of their disaster. Jeremiah 11 and verse 14. There's a prophecy that you should look into. I will link it in the description box that talks about how I physically saw the devil, not the actual devil, not represented to me. I just saw an evil so old and so ancient and God put that evil maybe 600 galaxies away from me for my own safety. I saw across an unfathomable distance to where an evil was working on an abacus and he was subtracting out of every group of 10, nine. He was taking away nine human beings out of every group of 10. And the only human beings that he could not take away were those that were represented as a drum or a barrel of oil. Those were the only people that he could not cancel out. And the number of those barrels that were full of oil, I kid you not, was one in every 10. I will link that prophecy in the description. It has no video. And so God says, um, so I saw that the Lord made the screen gray towards me and he was not receiving intervention. He was not receiving intercession or any more prayers from me at that time. He was settling accounts with the sons of men. He was settling accounts with them and their children. And nothing that I was trying to say to the Lord at that time was of any more use because the time to settle accounts with the world had come. Behold, the day of the Lord comes cruel with both wrath and fierce anger to lay the land desolate and he will destroy its sinners from it. Isaiah 13 and nine. And then I had a vision into heaven. I'm not going to tell you that I saw angels and grass growing there that sings. I had the impression of looking up into the heavens and this is what it was. It was not good up there. There was a ton of activity going on, but the atmosphere up there was grim. It was grim. It was busy. There was up and down busyness. Those in heaven who were tasked to bring good to men were busy bringing that good to men. And I keep speaking about how the righteous will get theirs. But those who were tasked to bring evil to men were bringing that evil to men. And the unrighteous, the wicked, the abusers, the unjust, the sympathizers with sin will also get theirs. And so I saw people experiencing sometimes just good, just bad, but also a mixture. I saw people experiencing good and bad at the same time, getting a promotion, but losing your mother in the same month, getting married, and then your father passes away. I saw people having to bear good and bad loss and blessing at the same time. And that's how it will be for many. And then the next thing was Sweden and Denmark are going to receive some mysterious disease that cuts the population down to half. God says that the churches in these nations are empty. 
They don't even name the name of Jesus and they do not care about Christianity. He said their churches are like mausoleums. So let the whole country become a mausoleum. A mausoleum is a big and fancy grave. It is a very big monument, but underneath is just one dead body lying there. It's usually the kind of crypt that rich people make for themselves. And so he said, since the, the country, um, since their churches are like a big empty grave, he said, let the whole country become a grave. They will be taken away for complacency. And because they do not know or love or seek my truth, they are empty vessels. So let empty vessels be taken away. And I already spoke of this about how the Lord said he is sending a wind and every vessel that is not full of the oil needed for the end times, every vessel that is not full of the Lord's truth, that is not full of the righteousness of Yah, the wind will simply uproot that thing and take it away because this is the time of settling the accounts of men. And so the Lord said that this is the judgment that will come upon nations that believe in this doctrine of, but we're good people. He said just nations like that, they run on things like equity and doing good works and social justice and, and you know, having a balanced fairness in society, but they neglect true things like who is Jesus Christ and by whom alone can man be saved. You have a just society and an equal society, but you forget about Jesus, righteousness, repentance of sin, apologizing to God for the wickedness that does happen even in nations that are good and balanced and fair. God says that entry into heaven is not by works because no man can boast of his accomplishments before Yah. It is only by putting your absolute faith in Christ Jesus and committing your life into the hands of God. For by grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. The next thing I saw is I saw people dying because airplanes began to drop out of the sky all over the world. Many airplanes falling, people exiting this life suddenly. I was hearing all the tearful cries and the phone calls and the goodbyes that are recorded on the black box when it is recovered. Airplanes fell into the sea. Some of them fell on land and they didn't hit homes, but some of them fell in commercial and residential areas and death happened to people who were sitting in their own houses like that. People left life and that is what we, we are starting to see now. People are exiting life like this. You go out to walk your dog and somebody just stabs you 13 times as happened this week. You just lose your life like that based on someone else's madness. Many 911 calls, God says, that we do not want to hear. I was seeing all this in the dream. 911 calls are going to increase in the United States. And the things that people were saying, well, let me tell you that the 911 operators, especially the females, they began to quit with PTSD. I saw a woman sitting in a meeting with her boss and she was literally shaking. She had, she had some kind of nervous breakdown because of the kind of calls that she had been fielding over a while. And she was telling her boss, I can't do this anymore, sir. These calls are making me crazy. You can give me a different department or I'm going to have to resign because it was father, daughter murders, incest rape. It was escape victims that were getting out of cults and these other kind of, you know, when you're caught and held somewhere, killing babies. This is the kind of stuff that woman, this woman had been dealing with. 
and she couldn't handle it anymore. I saw that she quit and a male operator took her place and he quit also in no time. God says that America is going into insanity, madness with the things that people will do here. It will be too much for the cops, the judges, the first responders, the DA's office, the lawyers, the fire people, rescue people. They will not be able to handle the type of things that they will be fielding. It will just be too much for them. I saw grown men sitting on the pavement and crying when they came to the house to answer the type of, of call that they had been called for. And so God just says that this is coming to America, her payment for sin. The nation shall be turned into hell and those that forget God. Part of what that scripture means is that when a nation departs from God, begins to walk in wickedness, begins to sin and exalt Satan and make him Lord over them by their actions, that nation literally turns into hell because hell is where Satan and the demons feel most comfortable. So it is time to examine your heart, the hearts of your children, it is time to make a firm decision who your life will be given over to and to do things differently. The Lord says that he always warns first, but the problem is that he has been warning for a long time. And I've always said that this nation has received endless warnings before you ever saw my face. True ministers, pastors, prophets have spoken to America for at least 60 years. And everyone thought, mocked those people, cursed those people, and thought that they could continue kicking the can down the road. So if you are caught in any sin, you must be realistic and patient. It takes years for people to become the slaves of their sins. Well, in the same way, you're going to have to do the work, repent, ask God to cleanse you with the blood and work your way out of that addiction, that porn addiction, that drug addiction, that anger problem, whatever it is, the same way you got in with the help of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you can get out. And so this is the prophecy, settle the accounts of men. It's not even a month old, September 18, 2022. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. God bless you. Thank you for being a support to this ministry. Walk in the truth of the word. Go to the blog and read these messages for yourself. I put the links under every video, but there's no way that I'm also going to click it for you. You have to do the work yourself. Until I see you again, God bless you and goodbye.